Hello and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Tuesday, March 7th, 2023. I'm Mike Cachopoli. All right, welcome to the show. Well, hey, Mike. Mike, I'm Mike, Mike the caller. I'm Mike the speaker. I'm Mike the host. Welcome, Mike the listener. All right, Daniel, everyone's popping into the room. Did anything exciting happen today? I don't know. I, I Nothing happened today, right? It was like a pretty mellow day. Wait a minute. No, that's not possible. No, no, that can't be right. That can't be right. What could have happened today? Oh, boy. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Something around Tucker Carlson. Something around Tucker Carlson. The left's favorite punching bag. That's all right. Tucker just what Tucker does at the end of a month is he looks at his bank account and he looks at his ratings and he has the last laugh all the time when he looks at his bank account and his ratings. Um, you know, how predictable was it? How predictable was it that they were going to go after Tucker Carlson regarding the January 6 tapes? Right. How predictable was it that when he showed now, remember, what he's showing is not the whole thing. You, you can't. It's like 40,000 hours. That would be pretty dull television. Maybe C-SPAN can do it. They're good with dull television but or CNN. But what he's showing is like the last, the first two days of this week, he has showed parts of the tapes that the Democrats and Nancy Pelosi didn't allow to be seen. Not only did they not show those parts, they didn't allow us to see them. In other words, they could have just released it all, right, and released it all to the networks, released it all on social media, just like Elon Musk dumped all the Twitter stuff, all the emails. And they could have released it all and said, here, look at it, see what you want to see. Without even putting any context. They wouldn't have to put any context. But they could have allowed what they should have done is exactly what Tucker's done, which is release it to the networks and allow them to disseminate and decide what they're going to put on the air. Coordinate with Capitol Police, making sure no one's in danger from anything you're showing, which is exactly what Tucker did, and and then go through it and talk about it and discuss it. Just the way CNN and MSNBC kept on showing the, the video. How many times did they show the video of the people breaking in? There they are. They're the insurrectionists breaking in. Yes, terrorists. Look at them. Look at them. Oh, my God. Look at them going through Nancy Pelosi's papers. Look at that guy putting his feet up on, on the great honorable queen's desk oh my god jail him and they did you see that's another problem if the democracy what the democrats do is and i put out a video on twitter about this today all they've done over the last four or five years is put out the evidence they want to put out to push their narrative they've hid facts and evidence they canceled people who had real facts and evidence about lockdowns, about masking, about vaccines, about the efficacy, about the safety, about the Bafangul, everything you can imagine. The Democrats, the left, mostly, although a few people on the right have joined them on this one, and I'll talk about that, as Tucker did, um, put out what they want, and they block, and they cancel, and they censor the information that they don't want. And when people get a hold of that information, we saw the same game, Chucky Schumer, you know, Chucky with the bifocals, I'm Chuck Schumer. I've been here forever because there need to be term limits. Am I not a great example of why there should be term limits? Here's my friend, Mitch McConnell. <laughs> Jesus Christ. There's any need for term limits. Look at Chucky. 
Chucky, Chucky Schumer, Chucky Schumer. What a shlemiel. What a shlemiel. And the other one, McConnell, a shlemazel. All you need is Hoffman Pfeffer Incorporated. The same game. They played the same game with COVID and with Twitter, right? The Twitter files. Elon Musk showed the real information. He showed the information that was hidden, that was censored. And what did the, what did the Democrats do? That's that's fascism. That's bad for democracy to show this information. What Elon Musk is doing is bad for democracy. He must be stopped. It's the same thing they're doing with Tucker Carlson. That's bad for democracy to show people, you know, actual real images that we didn't want them to see. How what a fascist he is for showing images that the great honorable Queen Pelosi and Chucky Schumer decided they shouldn't see. And then Chuck Schumer, without any hint of irony, he wasn't playing the Babylon Bee. He wasn't playing the onion, although they could they could have written this. Goes on the floor with no one sitting behind him. You know that no one was sitting there. Goes on the floor of the Senate and says, "Well, actually, he did this outside with the cameras and a few assholes behind him." Um, go has the ha, without any hint of irony, without any hint of irony. Chucky Schumer says, "In order to preserve democracy, we must stop democracy. Democracy hinges on shutting up Tucker Carlson. De- democracy hinges." on not allowing people to see the truth. Without a hint of irony, democracy hinges on shutting up a person in the media. But this is the same game they played during COVID. If you disagreed with them, you were a tinfoil hat nutcase and you were dangerous and you were domestic terrorist and you were on the side of COVID and you wanted the virus to win. The sickness, the sickness. Why do Democrats hate democracy? Why do they hate transparency? Why do they hate the Constitution? They fucking hate it. People, every day they do something else. To prove they hate the Constitution, just like Chuck Schumer did today. Someone on TV is saying things I don't agree with. We need to shut him up. Someone on TV is showing stuff we didn't want the people, the the peasants, the peasants who reelect us year after year because they're brainless fucking lemming morons. The peasants. We didn't want the peasants to see these videos. So shut him up. What are they afraid of? Why do Democrats hate democracy? Why do they hate the Constitution? I want to know the real answers. I want to know the I'm, – I'm providing some hints and some clues. I understand that they want their narrative to prevail, whether it's COVID, whether it's lockdowns, whether it's January 6th. They want their narrative to prevail, which is why they fed CNN, MSNBC, ABC, CBS, PBS, BBC, CBC, the exact images they wanted them to show. And they knew these fucking idiots would show it over and over and over again, doing their dirty work for them. And that's what they did. The same images. The same images. Really the same what? Ten images, twelve images. And then they lied, and they continued to lie, and Chucky e. Schumer continued to lie today that Brian Sicknick was killed, that this police officer was killed. Do you remember they said he was like hitting the head, boom, boom, with fire extinguishers, boom, boom. It never fucking happened. It never happened. And they never apologized. They never apologized for lying. 
They had no evidence that he was bashing the fucking head with a fire extinguisher. Yet that was the thing they led with all the time. Look at those same eight, nine images. And remember, Brian Sicknick, a police officer, crazy Trumpy Trumpers, domestic terrorist, knocked him on the head 17 times with a fire extinguisher, put him into a coma and killed him. None of it happened. None of it happened. You see, if the Democrats, but they're such, they're such weasels that they can never do this. If they weren't such fucking weasels and they didn't have such bad Trump derangement syndrome, they would have presented the January 6th thing for what it was. A bunch of assholes acting stupid for a few hours. If they had said, look at these assholes acting stupid for a few hours, we're going to arrest them for trespassing. We're going to give them a slap on the wrist and a kick in the ass and then we'll go on to the next thing, it would have been fine. No one would have said no, they don't deserve a slap on the wrist and a kick in the ass. No one would have said that. But instead, they have to make everything a fever pitch. Everything is a fever pitch. Fear, hysteria, our narrative, our anti-Trump narrative, because we're so fucking ill from Trump derangement syndrome that we have to make everything about him and everything we need to link to him has to be a million times worse than the reality of the situation. And that's the problem. January 6th was a bunch of assholes acting stupid for a couple of hours, one day. That's all it was. And the real shame is that a conservative, a Trump supporter, or a, a someone executing her freedom of speech was the one who was killed. It was a conservative woman who was killed. It wasn't a police officer who was killed by Trumpers. It was a conservative woman that was killed by a Capitol Police officer. Unarmed woman. Unarmed. No investigation was done. They just said, oh, she was part of the she was part of the crowd. She deserved to get killed. Hey, that's what happened. Hey, what are you gonna do? That's what these fucking people believe. And they show the same images over and over. So Tucker Carlson got the footage, all of the footage, and him and his producers went through it all. And they found very odd little tidbits, like that guy, the shaman. We call him the shaman, right? The QAnon shaman, whatever they call him. Dressed crazy, you know, half naked. Obviously no threat, no weapons. Um, dressed like someone who was in fucking Woodstock. And he, uh, they, they were showing him around. The police were actually escorting him around. Now, I saw this with my own eyes. The Democrats were like, to, will twist it and say, no, what was he doing? He was forcing a, a half-naked guy with no weapons, was forcing 12 cops to escort him? Why didn't they arrest him? Why didn't they just simply say, put your hands behind your back, cuff him, and take him out of the building? Why show this dangerous domestic terrorist around? Would they have shown bin Laden around? So... That's my question. Why did they escort him around like he was a senator and he had a security detail? Why were they opening doors to him? He had, oh, you want to go in this room here? This here you go, sir. Why? There were five of them. Why didn't they just fucking arrest him? I'll give you the answer. I know the answer. No, it's not a big conspiracy. They didn't know the guy was going to show up. They weren't waiting for him. He posed no threat. And they knew that. They knew that. And he wasn't one of the people who originally broke in. He came in once the doors were opened. And some of those doors were opened, by the way, by Capitol Police. So he was just someone who 
We, by the way, but the people, by the way, we own that building. Chuck e. Schumer wants to think he owns that building, but we own it. We own it. So often what happens is people like us, little peasants like me and you, we go into that building because we're allowed to. We're allowed to walk around. Actually, you were allowed to before Nancy Pelosi closed it because of 9-11, because of January 6th and COVID. You have to go around and knock on doors. I want to see Bernie Sanders. Is he here? I'd like to talk to the senator or I could talk to a representative, someone representative. That's what we were allowed to do. People would do that. I would know people. I'd never done it, but I know people who went there and would just go and, and, and visit their representatives and talk to people because we like pay their salary. We like pay their salary. We pay them. We pay for that building with our taxes. So it's our building. It's the people's building. No, not the people's building to trash. You should never trash anything, even if you own it. But this is why the Capitol Police were just not arresting him. They found no need. He was not a threat. He wasn't, they felt he wasn't breaking the law. These cops, and there were several of them, didn't think he was breaking the law. Because, you see, when cops think you're breaking the law, they, um, they usually arrest you. But they didn't feel he was breaking the law. So this guy who the cops didn't feel was breaking the law and was being peaceful protester walking through a building he is part owner of. This guy got four fucking years in jail. Do you realize he's in jail for four years? They don't put people in jail for four years for raping people here in San Francisco. You can go into a fucking bodega and bash the owner on the head and you're out the next day. You can steal $1,000 worth of items from Walgreens on a daily basis and you don't go to jail for four days, let alone four fucking years. This guy's in jail for four years. The guy who put his feet up on Nancy Pelosi's desk, four years in jail. Are you kidding me? These are misdemeanors at best. They deserve a slap on the wrist and a kick in the ass and go home. But no, they've been in jail for four. This guy's in jail for four fucking years. That's the, that's the travesty. That's anti-democracy. That's fascism. Chuck Schumer, Chucky boy. But to actually say the words... Democracy hinges on stopping democracy. That's what Chuck Schumer said. Democracy hinges on stopping democracy. And he's serious about it. And he thinks there's nothing wrong with that statement. The, the government saying, the government telling a corporation they need to shut someone up, a government telling the owners of Fox that they need to shut up someone who's exercising his right his free speech right, his First Amendment right, you don't find that fucking bone chilling? I guess something did happen today, huh? What do you people feel about it? What do you guys feel about it? You can call in and let me know if you want. But the big joke in all this is this is Chucky Schumer is great. Gator, I'll get to you in one second. Chucky Schumer is great. That's just like me. What do you, what do you, what do you, what, what do you think? Let me tell you more what I think. Um, I think the name of the show should be, and let me be her. <laughs> um, it's he, Chucky Schumer is a, is a, is a first class grandstander. That's all he's ever done is grandstand. Fox News isn't firing Tucker Carlson. He's their top ratings getter. This is why he gets ratings. This is why they have him there. They hired him for this reason. And they actually believe in free speech. Chuck might, must be getting Fox News mixed up with CNN, MSNBC. Fox News believes in free speech, you see. They actually believe in free speech. They still do the FCC shit where they don't curse. I don't agree with that. 
I think curse. Obviously, I like cursing, and on cable TV, you can do it. They just choose not to for decorum purposes. But I'm I'm digressing. But they believe in free speech. CNN and MSNBC doesn't. Chuck Schumer knows that. They believe – once again, this is what Democrats believe. The left believes in free speech when it's their words. When it's words that go against their beliefs and their narrative, it's no longer free speech. It's very dangerous. Anti-democracy must be shut down. This is the game. that. This is why they're so dangerous. People, this is why I, I want to slap you when you come on this show and you say there's no difference between the parties. There is. Today there is. This is a big difference. When have you seen a, Repub- a, a, Dem- a Republican – Calling for a Democrat on television, a liberal, to be shut up and fired. Never. Even during all those years of Russia Maddow, where she lied for three years about something as important as the president of the United States and Russia, no Republican politician went on the floor of the Senate and said she should be shut up and fired. Not one. All the COVID disinformation they spread, which is a million and five thousand times more dangerous than anything Tucker Carlson might say about January 6th. The COVID misinformation, which got people killed. Millions died. Women died. Children died. People died from COVID misinformation. Yet not one person on the right has said these people should be fired or canned or shut up because they're misinformation. So there is a difference now. Between the two parties, there is a difference now between Republicans and Democrats. There's a difference now between the conservative brain and the liberal brain. There is a difference. I don't care about 20 years ago, and I don't care about 20 years from now. I'm talking about today, and especially over the last three years. Gator. Hey, Mike. Um, Okay, so... Big picture, obviously, this is golden stuff, right? And I'm apolitical. I'm not left or right or I'm not tied to an ideology. I'm just a guy who deals with trying to find truth on an issue-to-issue basis and decide an issue-by-issue basis on a on a relatively rational approach. That's my way of deciding politics, right? So I'm not being partisan when I say this. Um the the interesting thing for me is that where where this version of truth leaves people in retrospect right what does that, what do i mean by that well if we take today and you find somebody remember that picture of that screaming karen you know who who was having a hissy fit when, when trump was trump, inaugurated or you, yeah, yeah, yeah the iconic picture right take yeah. her yeah put her imagine you were speaking to her today and you'd go Right, look back, and from the day that you started screaming to today, what was it you were screaming about and how shitty was the world in terms of Donald Trump's run, his achieve, his win, his his term, and then the years that have passed? And she would tell you all these things, like that he what he was supposed to have been or in all the bad ways, that he did terrible things in policy, but they won't really be able to tell you what terrible things. Then they will talk about Russiagate and his piss tape and his agent and all of his bad people that he tried to put in position and uh, General Flynn and all this sort of shit. And then he'll, they'll tell you, what else will they tell you? White supremacy. And then they will tell you um, the indictment issues. Okay. And all of these sorts of things, right? Mm-hmm. Well, we are now at a stage where if somebody repeated any of those things, you would literally be showing them court documents 
and constant undeniable evidence showing you, well, that was a lie. You fell for a lie. That was a lie. That was a lie. That was you were duped. You were completely hamstrung by by not just the Democrats, but lots of people in both parties who were colluding with the FBI, the CIA, the NSA and all these other things to create a totally false version of reality to make you perceive that reality and believe it. And none of it is true. That's what that woman screaming now has to deal with today. Right. Right. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Right. It just so happens to be that you that it's happened around a man like Donald Trump, who I don't give a shit. I'm not interested in Trump, the man. Right. I'm only interested in the truth of the surrounding positions. Right. That's what I'm interested in. The funny thing about Donald Trump is there's a really good Grey Zone article that's just come out recently, um, which describes quite a lot of his policy, um, f- frenetic policy uh, decisions, right? That he could have enact, he could enact on a semi-executive basis, and he halved Syrian troop deployment. He halved, he basically shut down Iraq on that basis. He put in place the withdrawal from Afghan. Um, he negotiated and got to the table with Kim Jong-un. He got on okay with Putin, but he pulled out of the INF. He pulled out of T- uh, NAFTA and TTIP, TTP. He pulled out of Paris, Climate Accord, uh, UNESCO and a few other things, right? This article is great in right. telling you the really big picture shit that Donald Trump did. I mean, I didn't know he did half the stuff, but he did actually try to extricate the US from a war in ways that no other president um, in the last 25 years has done, right? Which is a complete antithesis of what you think Donald Trump is is supposed to have been labelled about by. But at the same time, he did fire some missiles at Syria on a completely false basis, and he did other plenty of heinous shit things as well, right? Depending on what your point of view is. And this is the, this is the, the gold for me, is that essentially you have to look back and go, we've now seen the mask in place with all of this lying, and the mask has been slipped and ripped through all of these revelations about the tr- truth and COVID as well. So you're getting a double whammy of like essentially the view of how the world is really want is really run. And I just think that's an interesting time because what's really happening to people now is they have a perception punch in the face from COVID and the aftermath of that. And they have a perception punch in the face from all of these political revelations and Nord Stream and Ukraine, right? They are yet the full that full wash up has yet to come when when the West loses that war and when all of these documentary evidence that we're corrupt as fuck and we've just killed a load of people on a proxy war basis that just didn't deserve to die and we could have avoided it all and we fucking destroyed our own allies' gas supplies. Um, and 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 that that is the most monumental false flag in the history of mankind. All of this is going to weigh heavily on citizens' psychology, and weird things are going to happen as a result of that. Well, look, the fact of the matter is that it's these January six tapes, it's and, and Tucker makes the good point. You know, I, I'm you know I'm very quick to separate Democrats and Republicans, and ninety eight percent of the time that's true. Obviously, the the, blur, the lines are blurred with Ukraine big time, as they always are with war, um, at least at the beginning. And uh, and now with January 6th, obviously, although you'll see – you do see 80 percent of Republicans at least, 80 percent, 
saying that these tapes should be released and Tucker Carlson has a right to show them and Tucker Carlson has a right to interpret them the way he wants and, and give his opinion on them. Okay. So the fact of the matter is, and, and we have the right to see this stuff and form our own opinions and, and believe Tucker, agree with Tucker, partially agree with Tucker, disagree, whatever the fuck we want to do. But the problem is there are still mostly all Democrats and a few Republicans on this issue simply are afraid of the truth. And that's what they are. I mean, this is not, it's as simple as that. It's as simple as the line in a few good men. You can't handle the truth. That's what Democrats believe these days. You can't handle the truth. And on this January 6th issue, it's very much a situation of we don't believe the American people can handle the truth because the truth is a lot different than what we say it is. Right? That's it. The truth is a lot different than what we, the, the truth is a lot different than the next. Yes. So it's really to the point now especially the Democratic Party right now, you cannot believe anything that comes from them, right? You can't believe any spin they put on anything. You can't believe their narrative at all, at on anything from the simplest, most mundane thing to something as, you know, as, as big as January 6th or, or, or as they, as, I shouldn't even say as big as January 6th, as, as big as they've made it, as big as the media's made it, because it's not that big. I mean, you have actual people in the media, uh, Gator. I don't know if they're doing this in the UK, but here they are. We have actual morons in the media here comparing January 6th to, listen to this now, January 6th to 9-11. Now, how idiotic is it to say that? And and any people who watch these stations like MSNBC believe will believe that. They actually believe that January 6th, <laughs> It's as big a deal as 9-11, which killed 3,000 Americans. Wait a minute. And then they also are saying that January 6th is equivalent to the Civil War. Gator, how can you take these people seriously? Well, yeah, I, I mean, you, you, absolutely you can't. But because you and I a, are real, polit, real politique, aware of real politique, aware of propaganda, and, and cynical enough or realists enough, right, then you then once you become once you get into that school of thought you can't you can't be duped by basically standardized propaganda because you're always suspicious of everything right you can't uncross that line you can't reverse that um because the the kind of propaganda that you have to show me right is so fucking sophisticated and I'm sounding like I'm grandiose, a bit grandiose, but it's so complicated to make the kind of propaganda that I would believe offhand, right? Because um, I'm just suspicious of everything now and have to spend an inordinate amount of time um, looking into anything I want to try to entertain as b belief, right? That, that I'm basically just discount most most narrative until I've had the time to look at it, right? Right. Um, and I think you're in this camp, but I agree that what you're saying is you are too quick to polarize the left and the right. And Tucker Carlson is pointing this out explicitly. He said, you know, Chuck Schumer is the majority leader with has unified with the minority leader to, to put this message out because they work together. And he yeah. said, Mitch McConnell and who's the um, former candidate. I can't remember the one. Um, the Heinz, not the Heinz guy. The anyway, he he chucked out a few Republican names. Romney. And this is, yeah, Mitt Romney, right? Yeah. And he's saying, you know, they're all working together. They are working together. Liz Cheney, she's a Republican, isn't she? In lesbian Democrat cl um, clothing, who was on that committee, 
and basically, as 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 Tucker said yesterday, liars, 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 liars. Now the the problem for me about our systems is this: we're we're in a, a phase of governance timeline, empire timeline, where we are literally being shown that all of our leadership are corrupt, openly corrupt. Um, they are flat out liars and they are so contemptuous towards citizenry. They believe that they can do this in plain sight and get away with it because they are and they can. Right. And the only people left to hold them to account are us. And we are not doing it because we as citizens have totally forgotten how to fight for our right to Tupperware party. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's the reality. Yeah. Right. OK. Right. And and the problem is that Tucker Carlson is, I mean, look, Tucker Carlson is many things. He's not just the, a journalist. He's, he's a, you know, he's to be treated with caution. But as long as his reporting is accurate, then, then, then you just have to accept that, right, and work with that. And this piece of work and a lot of the stuff that he analyzes and critiques at the heart of it is right enough. And the funny proof of that is that somebody with the integrity of Glenn Greenwald is prepared to go on and they debate these issues that they cross over on. And they basically have the flip side of the same coin in terms of their analysis. And they actually back each other up from the left and the right. That tells you that there's some integrity in the approaches on both sides. And that's to be followed. But but, but to cut this off, to bring this to bring my point to a head, um, it is unrealistic to maintain that in our systems there is philosophical, ideological separation between the two parties. There isn't. What you should be spending more time on is focusing on the provable players in either side of the aisle who vote the right way for the right citizen reasons. You know, they, they, they genuinely vote in the right way and they genuinely act in the right way. And that's like people like Massey. That's people like maybe Get Gates. I mean, Marjorie Taylor Greene comes across to me as somebody who's not very eloquent, right? Who's probably not. She's probably not that good a politician. But if she does, if she does vote the right way and puts pressure on people in the right way to get the right result when you want her to, then okay, that's better than nothing. You know, that's the way I look at politics. I just. The, the two-party or trying to identify an ideological difference between them is not true because when you follow the money, it's all the same bunch of cunts. Yeah, I, once again, there's certain – once again, we can talk about different areas you want to talk about. We can talk about whether it's about freedom institution, whether – and but in general, Gator, I don't know if you follow it very well here. Yeah, the money game is the same, and Tucker Carlson brings up a lot of the same things when he talks about how – there are several Republicans, high-level Republicans, who are on the same side of the Democrats and uh, and uh, Chucky Schumer on this one. But um, because, but but I, I know why they are, and I'll, I'll I'll outline that in a second. I'll outline that in a second. But when it comes to the Constitution in general, and this is it's been this way for a very long time. When it comes to the U.S. Constitution, the conservatives are much more on the side of the Constitution. They're much more constitutionalists than than the left are. And this is the problem with the Democrats, and it's just gotten to a fever pitch lately, where they simply don't like a lot of what's written in the First Amendment. 
They think it's dangerous. They've said that. They don't like a lot of what's written in the Second Amendment. They think so they think it's dangerous. They think the first two amendments are very dangerous in a lot of ways. That's that's the that is definitely there's definitely a separation there between conservatives and Demo- and, and liberals, Democrats and Republicans. You won't find any Republican who will say or anything he anything they say directly or indirectly that would say to them they believe the first second amendment is dangerous in any regard they absolutely uphold both the first and second they they uphold the constitution they believe it's uh, written in stone okay the democrats don't they want it to change the democrats have said that gator They've said about the First Amendment and the Second Amendment. They've said the First Amendment freedom of speech is changing because of social media and these platforms. And Second Amendment's changing because guns are more, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, are more uh, advanced now than they were back then. So they've said those things. They've what they've said without saying it is that they don't like it. They don't like the way the Constitution's written. They want to change it. And the conservatives, the strict constitutionalists, don't believe that. And so that that is a very big difference. That difference, I'm not putting you down. That difference might not make a big deal if you live in the UK, but it makes a big difference if you live here. Can you understand that? Yeah, but I think that the true measure is in ensuring that the vote reflects what you're saying, because that's all that matters, isn't it? On a, any bill, it, it talk is not cheap. Talk is free, right? And the only thing that matters is voting. And if you find... That the voting can tied with money means that yeah Republicans say talk a good game but when it came to that vote to do things ultimately um, changed gun ownership laws just enough of the Republicans did it right and they sold us down the road that's that's the real that's real that's the real thing you need to watch right not what they say and 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 the other thing is um, so. Uh, this, what is it? Um, like Biden is using things like apparently he's in, he's still engaging emergency powers now, I think on a war footing basis or something like that. Um, and also the Nord Stream. Look at Nord Stream, right? Yeah. Fuck me. The, the um, <laughs> I, I've got a, I've got a theory running here. I'll just quickly float it. Sure. Right? Okay. So, so you think about what the the checks and balances on nuclear nuclear war is the whole firing chain of command from the top boy down to the guy pressing the button and turning the key in a submarine at the same time as two other blokes right and in that chain there's checks and balances technological and human that stop you launching a a thing we're we're at 90 seconds to midnight that's closer than the cuban missile crisis right that's how Mm. bad the perception is now i believe that more than one person in the firing chain of command has thought shit this is out of hand. Our government is rogue. I need to do something before we're relying on the but- guys button- pressing the buttons and turning the keys. I'm leaking this to Cy Hirsch. Why Cy Hirsch? He's unimpeachable as a journalist, and he's also not on anyone's books and Substack or any medium that he used, like the London Review of Books in the past or whatever, has no editorial control over him. So he can print exactly the story that needs to be printed, right? There's more than one source that's obvious from how the, the thing is written and the richness of the detail that could never come from one source. Because if it did, and, and you were the CIA and you looked at this, that story and go, well, there's only about five people who would have known all of this. 
That's the four people that are colluded and came up with the plot and one other guy, which is that one. So it's a short list to go for your mole hunt, right? So there's obviously more than one person there, right? Now, right. I believe that that is those people in this chain of command trying to preempt and undermine the march towards nuclear war of the West by destroying the unity of NATO so that they all have to collapse against the US and they cannot prosecute this war anymore because they realize that they're all they've they've all basically become victims of a of a of of the USA the rapey father right and they cannot credibly stay quiet anymore in front of the faces of all of the citizens in all of these nations who go holy shit we are fucking ourselves harder than any other nation is trying to fuck us this doesn't make sense we're not going along with it we won't allow our leaders to do this to us forever that's already starting to happen right yes now the funny thing about this is that since the story came out the u.s did exactly what governments who who are going to fuck you or have fucked you do they deny it twice right and then they do the thing well, they've denied Nord Stream twice, but they've made these sickening threats, psychotic threats. So they've done it. They've denied it. And then what Cy Hirsch's story has come out. They've had to go, holy shit, somebody's leaked it. They've needed about 10 to 15 days for the spin machine to try to come up with a denial. That's finally come out in the New York Times. But the denial doesn't match the story. They've actually invented bits of the denial that say, um, there's no evidence that any Ukrainian person or the or the Ukrainian leadership was involved. Well, Sai Hirsch never claimed that the Ukrainians were involved, the Norgies and the US. Yes, right, exactly. Right? Yes. So the, 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 the denial has been structured in a deflectionary wrong way. Sure. You would not, you if it was a real valuable denial, you would deny, deny the substance of the specific, hyper-specific substance of what's in there, right? They've, they've gone beyond that. So they've already fucked up the pattern of denial. Mm -hmm. And then basically, they don't know what else is coming from Cy Hirsch. So I think that what's going to happen next is Cy Hirsch is going to wait until the, gov the American government has got up to its neck in specifics of denial, and then he will release something else from the leaker that shows that the, that the US has trapped itself in its denial. And that will be the real final end of the Ukrainian... Um, Western war narrative, and at the same time, Russia will be continue to hammer the fuck out of the army, and and by the end of that this year, there will be an, a total egg on face moment, and the real big point of all of this is to disable the West from entering a, anything even approaching a real hot war situation with China. That's what's really the end game of the, of this is to prevent all of that. That's basically how I see this panning out. Yeah, no, I, I look, and I, 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 um, I totally agree with you on that. I, I guess, and I'm going to go back to what I said earlier about why a few Republicans are joining. Uh, and look, on that issue you're talking about is definitely bipartisan, right? Definitely, I understand it. But there are also some issues. The reason why there are a few Republicans, key Republicans, who have joined Chucky e. Schumer and and uh, and in the march to silence. Tucker Carlson and to stop us from seeing the footage that they don't want us to see of the January 6th deal is that they didn't like they have a chip on their shoulder. It's Trump derangement syndrome. All the Republicans, each and every one of them who have joined, who joined Chucky e. Schumer today, Mitch McConnell, uh, Mitt Romney, 
uh, all of those people, right? And in the past, uh, Cheney and, 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 and Kinzinger, our dear departed, Kinzinger and Cheney, um, they're the ones who had the biggest chip on their shoulder against Donald Trump. It's all about Trump derangement syndrome. It's all about hating Trump. And you could hate Trump as much or love him. You could love Trump or hate Trump. I love Trump. I hate Trump. Whatever you want. This has nothing to do. January 6th has nothing to do with, with that. And releasing all the footage and allowing us to decide what we want to think from the footage we see, or if we want to believe the person on the television who is deciphering it, whether we want to believe he's cherry picking the way the Democrats cherry picked what they wanted to show, whatever it may be, the American people have the right to see it and make up their own minds or not make up their mind. How, how complicated is this? So, Gator, I, I, I love about, you know, the differences aren't that great and this, that, and the other thing and the money and the war machine, all that stuff. And I get it. Truly, I get it. But the fact of the matter is, is that the, this, this attempt to stifle freedom, and whether it's COVID or whether it's January 6th, it's very, very dangerous. And what makes it really sick is that much of it, much of it stems from Trump derangement syndrome. Well, yeah, but okay, but wait. The thing that you need to, I think you need to change from the label. It's not Trump derangement syndrome. It's neocon ideology. The that's neocons are like on both that. sides of the aisle. That's, yeah. the, that's the marker that sets this apart. Cheney, everyone you've mentioned is a neocon, and that's what unites them, right? They are the enemy. As Max Blumenthal pointed out in his Rage Against the War Machine speech, he did beautifully by just saying they are what you they are the enemy. All right, but, I, I, but, but, but how is that? Maybe you can maybe I'm missing something. Yes. When it comes to the war machine in Ukraine, all that, I get it. But what what is what do the neocons that I just mentioned? What in your opinion, what's in it for them? To promote okay. January 6th as though it's this big, huge in, civil right. rights, civil, civil, wait a minute, civil war type insurrection. What, 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 what's the connection there? Am I missing okay. something? So if you go back to the project, the New American Century, Rebuilding America's Defenses Strategy, mid-90s, America is this exceptional nation and the world's unipower. It needs to do everything it can to maintain that position and crush any potential superpower competitor. And the primary way it does it is increase military expenditure constantly to ensure that you maintain full spectrum military dominance forever. That's the, that's the entire philosophy your nation has followed since that was published, right? And the neocons peaked in power at George W. Bush, Richard Pearl, Dick Cheney, and they've basically stayed and penetrated both sides of the aisle now. And they are the, the, they, they are the ruling dominant actual party, right? That's really who mm -hmm. runs America. Why? They are completely integrated with the military industrial security surveillance complex. Okay. And so why this is about January the 6th is because January the 6th was an oppor another opportunity to attack Donald Trump, who, when you look at his policy interventions, are antithetical to the neocon that neocon ideology and the deep state that is integrated with the neocon ideology because he fucked with the business of war by trying to wind it down mm -hmm. and also a load of other things mm -hmm. like the trade agreements and other stuff that fucked with the neocon income model that's essentially what trump derangement syndrome is it's people the neocons 
basically trying to remove a guy who fucked with their cash. Mm. It's more than just that, though. You, that's a great connection. And thank you for that. But I, And I agree with you 100%. Thanks for making the connection. Um, but it's not just neocons, though. But, but you can let's put it this way. Do you consider Bernie Sanders a neocon? Uh, OK, Bernie Sanders is a shill. OK, he may not be a neocon, but what he is, is he is a cook. Right. That's what he is, because he's a career politician. And he was told by the DNC neocons like Hillary Clinton, you've got two choices here. You can either toe the line and you will get everything you want as a career politician to see out the end. Right. And you'll get some theatrical gives on policy or you can fucking take on Hillary Clinton and we will basically ruin the end of your life and you will die in misery. That's the kind of game that they were playing with Bernie Sanders, right? And the proof of that is that when again, he tried to introduce this bill to affect the Ukraine war expenditure, right? He had a chance to, as I, as I read it, he actually had meaningful um, ability to get that bill through, right? And actually impact cash. What did he do? Cooked exactly in the same way he said oh i've been told i've been told that they're going to suck my dick so i'm going to i'm going to put this bill away that's what he did yeah he's a complete yeah. specific shill that's designed to hoodwink all of the american citizens into I, thinking that there isn't a uniparty and yeah, stupid people fall for it every time i, I agree that he's a i, I agree that I, I have said many times he's a, he's a fake he's a phony he's a fraud he was there the sheep herd people into i i, I agree with all that stuff but I think Trump derangement syndrome, while the neocon aspect is part of it, absolutely, the neocons hate him. But another – I think there are – let's put it this way. It's, if I were a psychologist, I'd say that's one aspect of maybe 30. There are other things that go into it. There's also the thing of his personality, right, that he's a, he's, a, you know, he's, a, he's a gruff guy, direct guy, and you have to be against that, especially if you're a Democrat. If he were a Democrat, they would be okay with it. But he's a Republican, so you have to be against it, right? So you have to be against his whole persona, his whole aura, the Trump aura, right? You have to be – if you're a Democrat, supposedly a progressive, you've got to be against the fact that he was this great wealthy businessman because you hate that. You hate capitalism and you can't stand it, so you have to be against that. So I think there's a lot of aspects that go into it, and also there's simply the cult aspect of he's a loudmouth, he's direct, and he's a Republican. So we're a Democrat and we have to hate him. But – the thing – all right, the neocon thing is, is good. I like that. But there's there's something else there, man. There's something else deep psychological. Have you ever seen anything like this before? Well, look, okay, so I, I, I'm conscious that I've been talking for ages and I know Daniel's behind us, right? Look, think back, spend a bit of time looking at all of the previous CIA and FBI operations, COINTELPRO and MKUltra. And look at the techniques that were involved there and the targets, right? This tells you what your state does to itself, to its citizens. And you are looking at the modern day embodiment of COINTELPRO mm -hmm. in January the 6th, mm -hmm. Russiagate and everything else. All of those things have been enabled by a combination of the CIA, the NSA and the FBI, all working against Trump as a target that they all disliked and wanted to take out because he's a wild card tool right and and yeah he's unlikable for lots of different reasons but so was so was ronald reagan so was the you know if you like them you like them right 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 and 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 you were looking at the uh, uh, just the modern embodiment of cointel pros and 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 those kind of projects run by the, the, the your security agencies 
that's all this is in some ways, right? Um, yeah, I, I, and it's I, all I, been done before, right? Although once again, and I, not to not to be a dead horse, but they didn't like you know. There's always, what the, 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 look. The Democrats always hate the Republican who's in office, vice versa. But this goes to such a weird, bizarre uh, extent. I mean, and I don't think the only difference is let's say Democrats hated W, right? But I don't think the only difference is that W was a neocon and Bush and Trump wasn't. You know, <laughs> you know. I, I think I think there's so much more there. You know, I don't discount what you're saying. It's it's a big part of it. It's a big part of it. Look, Trump was the first president we've had in a long time, not to start another war, right? It, 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 it was it was decades. It was decades since we had a president that didn't start another conflict somewhere. And I know the neocons despise that. The, the war machine despises that, of course, no doubt about it. But there's just and once again, I, I don't think unless I don't, and, and, and I don't think we're going to get to it probably at any time at any point on this podcast, no matter how long we talk about it, because it is such a weird thing, Gator. It's, it's such a weird psychological element that I think – let's put it this way. I'll leave you with this. I think you might agree. It's a psychological element that has very little to do with politics or any one issue. That's the way I feel about it. Okay, I'll just trade you this for it then. Just think about this for a bit. Mm-hmm. If RFK Jr. steps into the ring for 2024 – Hope he does on the side on the side of the Democrats. Yeah. One, would you consider voting for him? And two, mm-hmm. how long do you think he is going to last? Will he be assassinated? Um, that's well, a serious question. Be assassinated. He just won't be taken seriously, like Marion Williamson isn't taken seriously, and they make fun of her. You know, R- like- R- I I think in this era, RFK Jr., if his campaign was correctly funded, actually has a very serious chance of riding the anti-COVID wave into power who to be an who, almost wild card who, um democratic wild card who's right? gonna who's gonna, if, who's gonna well we'll see we'll, we'll see we'll see because there's a possibility that he's getting close to, to considering this now if I know. you follow malone and other people right yeah and i believe that if he gets into power he will be assassinated but it won't be a direct over assassination it'd be a slightly indirect one Wait a, because, minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You because, yeah, I, you... I know it sounds serious. That's, I've spent a lot of time thinking about this. I'm pretty because sure he's a Kennedy? Be... He's, this is a Kennedy doesn't mean he's going to be assassinated. Come on. But wait a uh, minute. No, when you but... say in power, do you mean becomes president or runs? Yeah, the... potentially. And, and, and basically, the reason why I go to this extreme is because everything that RFK Jr. has done in, 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 in the critical window of COVID up to now fucks with the biggest moneyed interests in the world. And oh, that is that. There's no him. doubt about it. He knows that. There's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. You know, look, the fact of the matter is, I, I, th- I heard a rumor. First of all, this would be very odd. It, it would be very ironic in a way because the last Democratic, you know this, right? The last Democratic president who was challenged in the primary was Jimmy Carter by Ted Kennedy. And mm. he lost, He lost. right? He lost pretty bad, I think. It's very hard. It's just very hard to beat an incumbent in, in a primary. It's almost impossible, no matter who you are. You know, so it's like that Kennedy couldn't do it. And the Kennedys were more revered in the 70s than now. You know, so I, I don't know. I, once again, I, I absolutely, I, I, I love the guy. First of all, I met him. <laughs> I spoke to him for like 20 minutes. So, um, but I, I think he's great. You know, I think he was always on the right side of the issue with COVID. He's on the right side with vaccines. You know, he's certainly uh, on the right side of the, when it comes to the war machine. I mean, he's great. You know, um, my it's, it's, but to me, maybe you agree or disagree. 
he's he's got more in line now with the Republican Party than the Democratic Party. But God forbid a Kennedy runs as a Republican, right? Is that, is that that's like yeah. sacrilege. that's like sacrilege, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. We'll we'll see. I mean, this is the thing. Malone has put out an email two weeks ago saying that he's now starting starting to. Uh, or Kirsch, sorry, one of the other, in fact, it's both now probably, who are both saying we should back this guy if he, and we try to encourage him to run, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I'll stick a link in the chat and then I'll leave it this, to to, to Robert, uh, sorry, to, to Kennedy Jr.'s speech in Milan in October 2020, I think it was. Right. It It is a true Kennedy uh, level speech. Mm-hmm. And... And, and, well, and, it, and you know, and it was just at the time it was incredibly inspiring to think, thank God, that that guy is one of the guys who gets this. Yeah, but there's one, the there's one basic, could go along to interesting yeah, places. One basic problem here, and it, it will sound superficial to you. His yeah. voice, his voice is an issue. <sighs> yeah, well, look, I'd, I'll, I'll take, I'll deal with that. Well, we can deal with all we want, but his voice is, you know, he has that, he has an issue there. And it gets, look, once it gets going, it's all right. I mean, in Milan, this Milan speech is all right. Won. I know Fetterman won, right? <laughs> so, well, yes. Okay, look, there you are. That's all you need to you say. Know, hello, hello, it? and good night, one. You know. Yeah. So, so it's possible, but it, it's it's um it's it's unfortunate that that happened to his voice. It's a very rare thing. And I if guess Kamala Harris can get in, and the guy who needs to basically suck his food through a straw can get in and i'm talking about joe biden before i'm talking about fetterman <laughs> anything's possible mate that's true gator thanks for the call i appreciate take it take easy yeah you too okay uh who's next hey daniel daniel can you hear me am i coming in loud and clear for you yeah you know <laughs> okay. i don't think it's my end i think you guys are um moving uh farther away and nearer to your microphones throughout the discussion but um you do a great Schumer imitation. I, I, I'd like to hear more imitations. Who, who am I, Rich Little? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rich Little. Maybe, maybe hey, you should get a puppet. Maybe hey, a puppet. how about this one? I get no respect. Hey, my mother, she told me, I, you know, I can do, yeah, I can do live impersonations, but what's it going to get me? Look, the fact of the matter is, this guy, I, I've, I've despised Chuck Schumer. When I was a Democrat, I hated the guy. I mean, the guy is just, he's like, if you were going to cast a if you were going to cast a lifelong corrupt politician in a movie, wouldn't it be Chuck Schumer? I mean, it's, he's the perfect example of just this. The reason why we need term limits is Chuck Schumer. If you wanted, if you can do a movement for term limits, put Chuck Schumer. Put wait, be fair, be bipartisan. Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell, term limits. That should get the vote, right? The turtle. Yeah, I, I would like to have seen the turtle way out of office, of office long ago. Yeah. <clears throat> We've been we've been listening to um, Democrats Democrats for the last uh, three to four years tell us that silence is violence. Um, yet all along that entire time, um, apparently silencing people wasn't violent. Yeah, right. Exactly. They, that's right. They, they, had, they had that. Wasn't that their campaign? Silence equals violence. That was on our bumper stickers. Silence yeah. equals violence. Silence equals violence. But now it's like, right now you have now they want to silence people. Otherwise, they're vi- first of all, there's no rhyme or reason or consistency with Democrats with liberals these days. The hypocrisy is off the charts, and they don't even see it. They don't. I mean, it's it's so bizarre. It's so there bizarre. No there's no attempt to, at at making things consistent. 
um, because that's not that's not what they see their role as anymore, um, in my opinion. Um, as I said before, what I think they have become, and this is in part due to our communications age um, that we've gone through in the last um, 20 years, they've had to remodel their, uh, their business model, and it is now a mercenary journalism model. And when you're mercenaries, you have no allegiance to any underlying principles, to any underlying country. If you're a fighter, for example, here they have no no allegiance to, to any underlying principles whatsoever. They're just gonna um, they're just gonna pitch whatever narrative whoever is paying them to pitch. Yeah, but it's uh, it, it's so obvious. Look, if if some if you're not afraid of what something is showing, if you're not afraid of um, what someone is saying, you don't come out like your hair's on fire like they did today, like Chuck Schumer did today. And to a, to a smaller extent, but still also Mitch McConnell, you, you don't come out and, and and start screaming about we fuck. Did you see Schumer, how unhinged he was today? Yeah, I did. I'll do the impression for you because you get you going to get you excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Rupert Murdoch, Fox News, Rupert Murdoch must silence Tucker Carl. Rupert Murdoch must make sure that Tucker Carlson can't go back on the air. I mean, he was like it was to, for it's like it's like Tucker Carlson was putting on images of like snuff videos, yeah. right? It was like he was showing snuff videos, you know, and it's it's it, he he doesn't. So what is it? What are you worried about? What are you afraid of? Why are you afraid? First of all, they know he's got great ratings. So there's the fear right there. A lot of people see him. OK. And uh, but those people who watch him can believe what he's saying or not. They don't have to totally believe it. OK. And maybe Chuck Schumer doesn't understand this difference between the viewers of Fox and MSNBC and CNN. They're actually more discerning. I know people who watch Fox News who are conservatives, who are Republicans, who said to me today, you know, I think Tucker might be cherry picking a little bit. Well, no shit, Sherlock. But does the left think that about Rachel Maddow when they show the same fucking six or seven images of people breaking in that they might have cherry picked, that they used three minutes out of 40,000 hours? Really, literally three minutes out of 40,000 hours. That's called uh, cherry picking. So now Tucker's using a different set of minutes that they didn't show us. So what? You get more of an equal pic. You get more of a full picture of what happened as opposed to just a picture the Democrats wanted you to believe what happened. But the, the Fox News viewers are much more discerning than the, the viewers. Of, maybe, maybe Chuck Schumer doesn't get that. Maybe he thinks that Tucker Carlson is just we're all brainwashed. He's brainwashing all of us. We're all we're all lemon. We're all lemmings in a cult. And we're going to take every word he says as though it's gospel. But I saw those videos and I don't I see five Capitol police escorting a half naked guy around, not stopping him, not preventing him from going into chambers, not arresting him, escorting him, opening doors for him. So once again, my opinion is they felt he wasn't a threat, period. And here's another thing. Maybe what the Democrats don't want to admit, maybe what the Democratic politicians who work at the Capitol don't want to admit is that maybe a lot of those officers agreed with what they were doing. Maybe a lot of those officers thought the election was a fucking scam. Maybe a lot of those officers are Trump supporters. Could, did, did they ever think about that for a second? 
you know what they should do? They should just simply release all 41,000 hours of the tape to the public and let the public have at it with facial recognition software and with their time. And, and what could be more democratic? What could be, what could represent freedom and free and freedom of speech more than, than that? Just release it. No one has any expectation of privacy on these videos. They should just release it. Well, that's what they've done, though. I mean, that. But it, oh, what is it? they it's released 40... it to Tucker. No, 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 no. It's been released. It, 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 first of all, it's been released to the media. CNN has all this footage now too. MSNBC has all. They chose not to show any of the new footage that was released. It wasn't just Tucker. Everyone has access to it. It was released. McCarthy released it. Pelosi was keeping it secret. She was suppressing it. That's the difference. The man, man, look, 40,000 hours is a lot. I wouldn't want to watch 40,000 hours of any kind of surveillance video. After a while, it's going to get monotonous and boring. But here's the thing. MSNBC and CNN had every right to show the images of people breaking in. That happened. It wasn't faked. It wasn't staged. People broke in. We don't know exactly who those people were, but people did break in. That's the reality. They broke windows. Okay. They charged in. They went into the chambers. They scared them a little bit. That happened. So they showed that part. But they also should have shown, wait a minute, if I'm a real journalist, Daniel, and I'm working at CNN and I see and, and, and there are images, although they, I, I don't know if I can blame them. They might not have gotten these. They, Pelosi probably didn't even let them see this. But let's say but now they can have it. Now they do have it. Wouldn't you look at that stuff and say, wow, this is very different than the other stuff we've been that we showed two years ago? We see five officers escorting this guy around, opening doors to him. Wouldn't you find that interesting as a journalist? Forget about if you're a Republican or a Democrat. Wouldn't you find that interesting and curious as a real fucking journalist? Of course I would. Yeah, but they don't. No, no question about it. Yeah. No, no but they have no curiosity because it doesn't because all they care about, they're not journalists. They care about a narrative. They are an extension of the Democratic National Committee. They are, that's all they care about. They love the stuff that shows how vicious and disgusting these supposed Trump supporters were. But they don't want to show the part where the Capitol Police allowed them to do this stuff, okay? Didn't arrest them, didn't stop them, because then it raises questions about the reasoning around that. And I brought up those questions that the journalist on the left, that which is 90% of the media, doesn't want to talk about. The Capitol Police being on Trump's side. The Capitol Police not believing these people were threats, believing most of them were peaceful enough where they could show them around. All that stuff. The left-wing media doesn't want to talk about that. It doesn't fit into their narrative of these were vicious, uh, uh, insurgent, uh, domestic terrorists on par with bin Laden and 9-11 and, and the Civil War. That's what they want people to believe. And look, how intellectually idiotic is that, to believe that, to believe – these people have any kind – this is on any level at all with 9-11 or the Civil War. I mean, once again, I've talked about this a million times. They're playing to the lowest common denominators, are they not? What is really appalling is just framing this whole January 6th thing as though this insurrection, as they like to call it, was uh, any real threat to the capital or to our government at all. You heard people talking on MSNBC, CNN, repeating, the over, repeating over and over again that this is a threat to democracy, it's a threat to our democracy, it's a threat to our way of life, it's a threat to our government. No, it was not. 
nothing that these people could have done in that building would have changed our government one iota. Not one iota. What do they think they what, what do they think's going on here? That a hundred people ragtag group that has zero military power walks into a building that happens to be the capital and and what the military has got to surrender to them is that what they think this is well i mean and, this, and, and, it's, it's just it is just ridiculous on its face putting aside all the rest of the issues being with the veracity of the way that they um um, portrayed this event to the public, which we are seeing now through some of these tape release, isn't quite what they said. The threat was not the threat they made it out to be. It was just ridiculous on its face. Unless they want to say, if anyone can clear this up, I'd like to know. But my understanding of this is that uh, Carlson and Fox News um, asked, and, and I don't know if they had to do a, a Freedom uh, um, uh, Information Act uh, to um, to get the tapes, or they just cajole people to get uh, McCarthy to give them the tapes. I don't know, but it was my understanding that Fox only had those 41,000 hours. If CNN now has them, it would be interesting. If the public can now see no, them. Look, look the fact important. of the matter is, the, 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 look, McCarthy and the Republicans are going to want all the media outlets to have it. Now, whether they're going to use it or not is is, is the question. So but they want but they want all the media outlets to see the actual the whole thing to get the total truth of the situation. They don't just want one network to have it. That's not in their best interest. They want all the networks to have it. So of course they have they either have it or they have access to it. They're not going to say Tucker Carlson can have it, but Rachel Maddow can't. No, she wants it, but she's not. They're not going to. Daniel, maybe you have to ask for it. They don't want to ask for it. They don't want it. They don't want to show it. They're telling us we shouldn't be able to see this. That's what they're telling us on these other networks that we and that, very, that, and that very well may be. My question is right now is is um, does the public can the public have access to this? Because that's who I would like to see have access to these tapes. Because the public will do a far better job. See, Fox News doesn't even have the resources. Think about it. If they put forty one people uh, on looking at these tapes, they'd have to sit through a thousand hours. That's almost what two and a half years sitting there watching tapes right i mean that, that's the thing i mean how many but the thing is we here here in in a, in a world not too long ago daniel we could actually rely because it's forty thousand hours most of us don't have the time or the patience to go through forty thousand hours okay we have jobs and so in a time not too long ago we could rely on the media to do their job daniel we can rely on journalists to do their job and disseminate it and give us a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And you know what? Put together a tapestry of the full picture in maybe 10, 15 minutes. We can't rely on that anymore, Daniel. Of course we can't. Right. And that's because we have a mercenary media and the fourth estate is dead. And our only hope at this point is the fifth estate. And long live the fifth estate. And that's the problem is that we only got a very small sliver of what happened for two years. For two years, this is over two years later. We're finally like all the stuff with COVID's coming out and the emails that took three years. This is two years, so it's about they they kept things secret for two years, three years about everything, COVID, lockdowns, immune, everything, and now January sixth. This is the this is why people don't trust the media anymore. This is why people don't trust the media. They won't give you the full picture the way they used to. They used to give you the full picture, and basically say, "You decide." Here's the full picture. You decide. They don't do that anymore. Now they cherry pick and they say, this is what we want you to see. And this is what we want you to believe, period. 
That's the problem. And when you now say, no, no, we don't agree with that. We want the real truth. They say, oh, you're a, you're a terrorist and it's anti-democracy what you're doing. It's so insanely stupid. It's so insanely dumb and idiotic that I cannot take seriously anyone who believes this crap. I can't. I can't. Anyone who believes this is right, that the Democrats, the politicians, the media should have a right to censor what we see and tell us what we need, tell us what we should believe. And if we if we if we it is so Orwellian, it is so fucking communist, it is so Chinese Communist Party. But this is what the Democrats are about. The Democrats followed. The recipe, the blueprint of the Chinese Communist Party when it came to COVID response, almost exactly, almost exactly. This is scary stuff and we have to continue to fight back. And when they say boo and when they call us domestic terrorists or anti-democratic, <laughs> we have to say, you know what? Go fuck yourself. Now we're going to do even now we're going to do even more. Now we're going to do even more to get under your skin. And that is what Tucker Carlson did today. He said they want us to stop. Now nah, we'll do more now. We're not going to stop. That's what yeah. has to happen. And I, and I agree with um, Gator's um, hinted at tactic, which is that um, those who want to, uh, to speak truth to power, as the Democrats liked to, used to say, um, those who want to speak truth to power need to start doing it with a little bit more of tactical expertise. They need to start releasing it in parts. They need to allow the uh, mercenary media to uh, spin their response to bits of data, um, go down rabbit holes in doing so, and then release information, more information, which shows how silly they were in trying to explain things away, and do that in steps so that every time the media tries to spin some new yarn, um, they are immediately um, shown to be doing just that, spinning. Yes, but they, it, it, it's obvious that they constantly do. And there's no it, it, it's it's has any journalist. And I'll be following this as the week goes on. Has any journalist actually just simply asked the question to Mitch McConnell or, or especially to Chucky Schumer? Why don't you think Americans should be able to see the rest of the footage? Why? 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 Why don't you trust Americans to see what happened? Why don't you trust Americans to see the footage? What what's what's the problem with that? And then, you know, he says such idiotic things like if if if, if Tucker Carlson, that's what he said, if Tucker Carlson is allowed to continue doing this, it's just going to allow another January 6th. Wait a minute. So Tucker Carlson showing what actually happened and giving his opinion on what he's seeing or his interpretation of what he's saying is going to cause people to do to riot. What is he talking about? Does that make any sense at all? it doesn't make any sense we are dealing with like i said a mercenary media that doesn't care if anything makes sense at this point they will fight for whoever is paying them if it's pfizer if it's a military industrial complex if it's a medical industrial complex if it's a small slice of the medical industrial complex that wants them to promote for example transgenderism if if it's that part of our of of our political system that wants to promote uh, leniency with respect to criminal penalties, if it's cartels that want to promote leniency with respect to criminal penalties, that is where they will go. Our, our, our journalism, our media is corrupt now. They, 
it was they were kind of pushed into that in a way pushed in that direction and then they allowed themselves to succumb to that push the whole business model changed when they were no longer selling papers but were sell, selling views on the internet and selling hits on the internet their business model changed entirely so many new york times washington post so many of them lost tons and tons of money because their business model changed they are still roiling with respect to that change in their business model and to keep up to try to keep their heads above water to try to keep themselves out of being in the red you can financially they have adopted a new system and that new system is mercenary journalism well you're right 100 percent. that's exactly what the new system is and the only thing that's going to fight that is basically it's basically always looking, always going for the other side of the story, right? There's got to be more to the story. And that's what we have to believe from now on. There has to be people out there who say there's a different, let's see, what, okay, this is what you say. Now we have to investigate it and look at the other side. And this is what journalists used to do. This is what journalists used to do when I was in the radio in the 90s. This is what journalists did. They said, okay, here's one side of the story, but wait a minute. Something, let's find out the other side. Is there's always another side. There are two sides of every story. There are two sides of every argument. There's two sides of every – when people argue and they get divorced, there's always two sides, right? There's not one side. There's two sides. And the journalists used to say, let's find both sides to find the full picture. Not anymore. Not anymore. And, this is, and we're seeing it over and over again with things that really matter. Not, not just small things, but really big things like this stuff and, and COVID and, 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 and the, the, the damage, the collateral damage it causes when you don't give people the full picture. But this is just – look, it, this all – once again, this is all part of Trump derangement syndrome. It's all part of Trump derangement syndrome. They showed the video of him again at that speech that happened just before they marched down. And he said, and we're going to go to the Capitol and march and protest peacefully, peacefully. That's what he said. Okay, he didn't say it sarcastically. There was no irony to it. He said what all presidents do, be peaceful, peaceful, peaceful protest. All politicians say that. People who do rallies always say that. Sometimes things get out of hand like this got out of hand. But to say that this guy made them do this, <laughs> it's, 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 it's totally idiotic. First of all, once again, there's no uh, cohesiveness in their message. There's, it, it, there's, no, there's no consistency. First, they, they, want, they want you to believe, at one hand, Donald Trump has this power, this incredible power. Everything he says, everything he believes, they believe. Everything he says, they take to heart. Yes, yet on the, on, the, on the opposite side, they'll say, oh, he said do it peacefully, and they're like, fuck you. Wait a minute. I thought they were revered everything the guy said. I thought they revered everything Donald Trump said, and it's his fault because he questioned the integrity election. He, he, he made them do this, yet when he says do it peacefully, oh, at that point they say, fuck you, Donald, we're not going to be peaceful. It, does, it doesn't even make sense. There's no consistency to what they're talking about. Their derangement syndrome is so bad that it's, such, it's psychological disorder that facts, logic, uncommon sense doesn't matter. doesn't matter. But the fact of the matter is this. 99% of the people – at that rally, did take what he said to heart, did do it peacefully. They were loud. So what? That's free speech. They were loud. They were boisterous. That's allowed. A few of them broke in, and you know the mob thing. When a few people do it, maybe a few hundred more follow them. But most of the people, 99%, still stayed outside. They didn't go in because they knew it was wrong to break in. And their president, who they love, said do it peacefully. Okay? 
But the Democrats made it look like everyone that was there, everyone that was there broke in at the behest of Donald Trump. They just, they can't, with January 6th and with COVID, if they had not pushed this fear and hysteria and their ridiculous narrative, their, their ridiculous narrative that does not fall within any realm of reality, if they had just simply said, wash your hands, okay? Wash your hands. If you're sick, stay home. If you're very elderly, you might want to stay home for a while. If you're very elderly, you might want to watch out. If you're a hundred, if you're 5,000 fucking pounds overweight, you might want to lose some weight. Other than that, go on with your lives, okay? If they had said that, and if they had said January 6th was a, a couple hundred people acting idiotically, we gave them misdemeanors, the ones who broke in a slap on the wrist, I would be able to accept both of those narratives because both of those narratives are normal, sane, and realistic. But Democrats and the left had to blow everything up to push their narrative. Trump derangement syndrome, new world order, great reset, whatever you want to call it. They found things that they could push their narrative with. They found things that happened that could that could embolden their narrative that they wished to spread. And that's the problem. Everything is over the fucking top with these people. Everything is drama, right? Everything is drama. That's that's the that's the biggest problem. They made their own beds with this stuff. They didn't have to do this. With COVID, with January 6th, they simply could have handled it in a normal, sane, non-hysterical way, which would have been the actual reality of the situation, right? But instead, they blew it up into these, they blew up the fear and the hysteria and the fear-mongering, and that created hatred, right? Hatred of Donald Trump, hatred of Trump voters, hatred of Trump supporters, hatred of people who didn't wear masks, hatred of people who didn't get vaccinated, hatred, hatred, hatred. The left really has, in all respect to Gator, the left has really cornered the market on hatred these days. They have, in, they have indeed, um, and it, it's, it's a big... Not only not only hatred, um, but a hate of their own previous ideology. And with respect to COVID, they threw everyone that they claimed that, that they were champions of in our society under the bus. Mm-hmm. And so, so not not only did they not only did they hate people for their political perspectives, they hated people that were even on their side ideologically. The, 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 when you talk about Trump derangement, Trump, Trump, Trump derangement syndrome, you, you're absolutely correct. But this is this is even beyond Trump. This is a political derangement syndrome. And when Trump is gone, it's it's going to persist. I just think it's it's not it's part about Trump. It's part about the new way in which we have communicated for the last 20 years with respect to temp technology. Well, and, and you're right. Yeah, and and you're right because there were people who said that when Trump was no longer president, right, that that was going to stop, and it didn't stop. And those same people are now saying, well, if he just gets out of the political game altogether, no, it's never going to stop. After he's dead, it's not going to stop. It's 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 a very deep seated psychological illness. It's not going to end. It's not going to end because one person's not around anymore. It's a ghost in the machine that they created, and it's a ghost that. Um... They conjure up now. They don't really know how to control it because it's the ghost in the machine. But they conjure it up. 
when they want to, you know, say Beetlejuice three times. And then here comes, here comes <laughs> oh, don't, back. don't bring her back. Don't bring her yeah. back. We don't want her back. Yeah. But, but they, they certainly know how to, how to conjure up this very dangerous ghost and, and they, um, and they're going to do it and keep doing it. And it's going to be very destructive to society because yeah. those ghosts in the machine, they are called ghosts in the machine because you can't control them. And they, they don't seem to care. Hey, look Daniel. How much, look how much coke. COVID damage is done. Yeah, okay. I'm going to sign off. No, no, it's have, okay. I want you to think because I'm going to talk about COVID right now and it's going to get you even more angry. So get. Okay. All right. All right. So, okay. We'll talk more about 9 11. Listen to me now. Now I'm sounding like the, the lunatic left. We'll talk more about January 6th as the week goes on. Um, as more of this video footage is revealed and as more as, as Tucker calls, you know, speaks about it more. We're not going to let it go because we want to make, we want Chucky Schumann to get such bad agita. He already probably has bad agita because he eats that uh, food that gives you heartburn. But we want him to get even worse agita. So we're going to keep this going. And we're not going to shut up. But just once again, proof that no matter what evidence comes out, just like now with January 6th, showing five Capitol Police escorting around uh, the shaman because they were so worried about him being a terrorist. Um Here's more, as more information comes out about COVID and about the uselessness of masks and the uselessness of the vaccines, they will double and triple down. So I'm reading this, the good old San Francisco Chronicle. Why? Because I'm sick in the head. I should never read the Chronicle, although it makes good satire. And this must be, do you remember, maybe I'm too old, did I still have the funnies, the comics in the paper? I don't, they don't have papers anymore. But, you know, remember when they had actual newspapers that you can hold and read and the ink would come off on your hands? They had something on Sunday called the funnies, which were comics, right? Well, this must be the new version of the funnies. The San Francisco Chronicle writes this today. Here's the headline. COVID, this is the headline now. COVID in California. Here's why deaths are rising in the, in the vaccinated, in the vaccinated population. So I'm thinking... Of course, I should I should never have thought this because it's the Chronicle. Um, I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to read this, and it's going to say that deaths are rising in the vaccinated because the 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 obvious reason, the obvious real science reason, right, among those who are living with a brain who live in reality, that the vaccines don't stop the spread. So if the vaccines don't stop the spread, vaccinated are going to die just like unvaccinated are going to die if they're old and overweight and such and all those other things that cause everyone who died to die. Um, so I'm thinking that's the article is going to say that the vaccines, you know, are waning now and uh, they don't really work. And, you know, you have to get one every other week. I figured that's what they're going to say. All right. Nope. Listen, here we go. COVID in California. Here's why deaths are rising in the vaccinated population. Um, let me get down to this because they... U.S. COVID, U.S. COVID, coronavirus can be treated by, oh, here it is, here it is. Wait a minute, before I get to that, <laughs> this is even better. This is, this is today. This was not written three years ago, two years ago, or a year ago. This was written today. Coronavirus can be transmitted by dead bodies. Dead bodies. Hamster research. Oh, you know, I read this as, I read this as, okay, this is the heading. Coronavirus can be treated. Well, look, you can't blame me for thinking about it this way. Coronavirus can be transmitted by dead bodies. Hamster research reveals. <laughs> I read it as COVID can be transmitted by dead hamsters. <laughs> but you can't blame me for thinking that, right? You can't blame me for thinking that. <laughs> They've said, hey, they said COVID was, they said COVID started from a bear or something. So you can't, 
<laughs> you can't blame me for thinking it said COVID. But anyway, okay, so the real truth here is the coronavirus can be transmitted by dead bodies, comma, hamster, who the fuck is hamster research? Anyway, oh, my God. So bodies of individuals who died. Yes, yes, I'm not a number of a free man. Bodies of individuals who died from COVID-19 can transmit the virus to others, according to a new study that researched the issue with. Oh, it is. Okay. All right. All right. So, okay. So it was, okay. This is what happened. They researched it with, I'm getting, I'm getting to the truth here. They researched it with hamsters. That was the beginning of it. And they found, they say, of course, I don't believe a word of it, that the virus can be transmitted from dead hamsters. Okay. So they're saying they, they furthered that study and it works for human bodies also. Following up on the evidence showing COVID-19 could still be active in dead bodies, research the University of Tokyo in Japan, I thought hamster was the name of the research, used a Syrian hamster model. These, these articles, the headlines are written, this is nothing about journalism these days. The headlines sound like, they look like they're written by six-year-olds with learning disabilities. They don't, they don't know how to write headlines that make sense anymore. Sometimes I'll read it, I have to read the headline 30 times to understand what the fuck it's saying. And then there are misprints. How many misprints are there these days in, journal, in these articles? These days, where they actually have, like, spell check. They didn't have spell check in 1950. In 1950, they didn't have spell check, yet they, they were able to do proper grammar. And now with spell check, they get everything wrong. Journalism is, forget about dead, you know, journal, journalism is a dead body. Anyway, researchers in Tokyo and Japan used a Syrian hamster model. A Syrian, not, not, oh my God. To analyze the possibility of transmission from a human corpse and whether there are protocols that could reduce the risk for the study. Published in M Sphere, researchers infect the hamsters with original Wuhan <laughs> with the Wuhan virus, with the with the Kung flu strain of the coronavirus, before euthanizing them and treating some of the cadavers with either embalming or angel care treatment, which involves wiping the body surfaces, shaving and plugging body openings. This is disgusting. With cotton pads to prevent fluid leakage. It was anyway, this is insane. This is, I don't want to read the rest of it. It's disgusting. And no, dead bodies can't. This, Marty McCarry's going to have to, and, and Cut Atlas got to add to the, the, the misinformation. They had 10 points each. They had to keep going. No, 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 no. Those with no symptoms cannot transmit it. There is no silence transmission. There is no transmission from hamsters. There's no transmission from dead bodies. Jesus Christ. They're still writing this crap. Because why? Because morons like me read it. They know that. They get the hits. But here it is. This gets to the crux of it. Why deaths are rising among those who were vaccinated? Here we go. Ready for the science with an exclamation point and a little TM for trademark? Here we go. The proportion of COVID-19 deaths among vaccinated people rose sharply towards the end of last year. But that's not a measure of the efficacy of the coronavirus. <laughs> that's not a measure of the efficacy of the vaccines, according to a new report from the American Medical Association. Oh, the great AMA. Oh, they're the best, aren't they? Uh, fortunately, there are a lot more people. Hold on. Fortunately, there are a lot more people who are vaccinated now. An infectious disease expert said, uh, this is Elisa Choi. Oh, I wonder if she's Asian. Uh, American When you start with a denominator of a greater, this sounds like um, when you start with the fricafras and the other fricafras, the fricafras, denominator of a greater number of people, then you draw from that larger number of vaccinated people versus unvaccinated. This is ridiculous. The total population of those who were an AE equals MC squared to the third degree, up third to, 
This is insane. Look, this is what they're saying, folks. This is what they're saying. They're saying that vaccinated people dying, more vaccinated people now, three years into this, two years into vaccination, two and a half years into vaccinations dying of COVID does not show that the vaccines don't work. In fact, it shows the vaccines work. Because don't you remember? Well, no, we don't remember. But let's we know. Let's go back in the history books. Let's talk to let's let's go back in the in the history books of medicine. Remember all those people, those millions of people who got the polio vaccine and then died of polio. Do you remember those people? Do you remember all those people who got the um, the uh, smallpox vaccine and then died of it? Millions of people who got small. No, you don't. You know why? Because those vaccines worked. Because those were actual vaccines. Now we're living in this upside down clown car world where. Two and a half years into vaccine. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. But wasn't polio? I'm no doctor. Daniel is. Wasn't the polio and the chicken and the smallpox vaccine? Wasn't it one or maybe two? Right? Hasn't COVID is like 80, 80, 80 jabs. So we have to 80, almost getting close. So I don't understand. Vaccines where you need one or maybe two, maybe just one, worked. But a vaccine where you get one every other month. People are still dying. People have gotten six or seven jabs or dying, and that proves these vaccines work. That doesn't mean the vaccines don't work. I'm living in a, I'm living in a crazy house. It's, this is like living in an insane asylum where the people who were insane are taken – their word is, is, is taken as gospel. More people who are getting vaccinated are dying, which doesn't mean the vaccines don't work. This is what they write. It means the vaccines are working. This is what they write. Even now, they're not ashamed. They're not ashamed to write this stuff. They're not ashamed. Forget about this idea of them apologizing or writing pieces that apologize. We're not getting that. We're getting pieces from doctors who knew the truth all along and who were censored, like Scott Atlas, Bhattacharya, Makari, here in San Francisco, Vinay Prasad. We're getting articles from those people, but we're not getting articles from people who believe this for three years, who are lying to us, who are withholding real information. We're not getting articles from them apologizing. No, 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 quite the opposite. We're still getting this shit written, that dead hamsters and dead bodies can spread COVID, and that all these vaccinated people, these triple, quadruple jabbed people getting COVID and dying does not mean, that does not mean that the vaccines don't work. In fact, they, they work wonderfully. So if you thought these people were going to apologize, they're not. This is why, as I've said over and over again, the only answer is punishment. The only answer is punishment. That's the only answer. Pure and simple. Would we have accepted this from the Nazis? Would we have accepted this kind of shit from the Nazis three or four years after the Holocaust? Would we have accepted this shit from them, from the Germans, three or four years after the Holocaust? Continuing to say in their own way that it was necessary, that it wasn't a bad thing. Of course not. Of course not. Not for a fucking second. Not for a fucking second. 
people who were vaccinated 17 times <laughs> are still getting COVID and dying from it at an alarming rate. Ah, but keep getting those jabs because they work perfectly. This does not say anything about the vaccines. They, and they twist themselves into pretzels. When you take the second denominator and put it over the first denominator, you divide it by three and you go by four and you, you, you divide it by five and you times it by six, you get the real reason this is happening. Oh, my God, my head is exploding. They can't admit they were wrong. They simply can't admit they were wrong. This is like a, a murderer coming up with excuses for their murder, right? This is like a murderer if they've been proven guilty, still coming up, twisting themselves into pretzels, trying to prove why they're either not guilty or they, or they killed, they, they had to kill for a reason. It was, a, it was important. It's insane that we allow this to happen. And until they're punished, until they're punished, they'll keep doing it. They'll keep doing it. And you know, I'm all for free speech and I'm all for people saying what they want and writing what they want. But at a certain point, they have to be called on the carpet for it. At a certain point, they need to be called on the carpet for lies that hurt people, lies that killed people, lies that prevented people from seeing their loved ones in hospitals, lies that prevented their loved ones from going to funerals because the dead body was going to spread to them or the people standing eight feet away were going to give it to them, lies that kept people away from their families for two years, lies that kept children out of kids, children out of schools for two years, lies that kept toddlers masked, lies, lies, lies. They have to be punished for them. These weren't white lies that didn't hurt anybody. But they're not afraid because they keep on pushing the same lies over and over again. And they simply can't admit they were wrong. So self, what do you, what do you call it? Self-flagellation, self-punishment. We can't accept that because they're not going to do it. We have to. These people need to be punished. They need to be afraid to do this again, all of them, top to bottom. They need to be afraid to do this to us again. Speaking of afraid, this thing happened in uh, Mexico where these people were, American tourists were just captured. You see what happened? Horrible. American tourists were taken hostage. They said it was by accident, but they killed two of them anyway. Horrible thing. And so the president... Not the, the president of Mexico. You know, you have politicians here, and I'm, I'm all for this, saying, you know, we have to stop this. They're, they're, they're sending fentanyl in here. They're killing our children. They, now they're, they're, these cartels are, are, are kidnapping American tourists and killing them. So if the Mexican government is not going to do anything, that we're gonna, we have to take steps, and maybe we have to go there, and we have to destroy these. I'm 100% for that. 120% for that. How's that socialist Mexican president working out for you down there in Mexico? How's he working out, Obrador? How's he working out? How's the corrupt Lula working out there in, in, uh, in Brazil? How's that Lula? How's he working out for you? And then this Mexican president has the, has the balls to say, we don't tell. This is what he said today, by the way. This must be a day of brazen uh, comments, brazen comment, brass ball comments, because on the same day, Chucky Schumer says we need to, democracy hinges on stopping democracy. We have this guy saying, oh, we don't tell the Americans 
We don't we don't go in and stop the Americans from uh, dealing fentanyl in their country. Where does it come from? It comes from his fucking country. It's coming from his country. It's coming from the cartels that he doesn't control. So I agree 100 percent. Did you see that map? Did you see that map where the uh, the American government has told where tourists where they can and can't go in Mexico and like eight it's like 80 percent of the country is like, don't go there. 80 percent of the country, a country in North America. Our neighbors to our south, we we can't go and be safe. We can't go and be safe. This is part and parcel of the left being soft on crime. Whether it's a president, whether it's a prime minister, whether it's a whether it's governors, whether it's city council members, whether it's mayors, just being totally soft on crime because crime affects the people, not the elites. Crime affects the people, the people, not the people in power who have security guards, who walk around with Secret Service agents. So they don't care. They don't care. They don't got to go on the subway like we do. They don't got to walk down the street alone like we do. They don't have to do any of that. So they don't care. This is more about let the peasants eat cake. And I'm all for this idea. If the Mexican government can't get their shit straight, then we have to straighten it out for them. 100%. And a big part of that is not just tourists going there and not being able to be safe. But what, what, so why should Mexican tourists, even though we have tons of crime in this country, we don't have people – I don't believe we have people kidnapping Mexican tourists for money. I don't believe we have cartels here. I don't think we have pimps here. <laughs> but, so Mexican tourists can come here and be a lot safer than us going there, and that's not a fair game. Not a fair game at all. How Mexicans can come here, illegals can come here and get hotel rooms free. Can we do that there? Is Obrador going to give me a fucking five-star Hilton with security and food if I go there? It's just not a fair game, folks. It's not a fair game anymore. It's not a fair game that we have people, we have homeless living on the streets here, shitting on the streets, and yet illegals come here and they get five-star treatment. It's not a fair game, and it's not a game I want to play. It's not a game I want to play. And they are the ones who are sending the fentanyl here. We're not sending the fentanyl there. They're sending the fentanyl here. They're killing our children. We're not, they're kidnapping our tourists and killing our children. We're not kidnapping their tourists and killing their children. In fact, their children and adults come here and we give them five-star treatment. It's got to end. Hey, Bill, long time no speak. How are you? Hey, Mike, I got to keep it down so I don't wake person in the other room. Can you hear me okay? Absolutely. You got that deep voice, Bill. You don't got to be loud. You got a really deep voice. Yeah, I, I got to remember that. It carries, <laughs> it carries the wall, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I, you know, I think we need to know and recognize there's nothing that's happening without the approval of, the, of um, Uncle Sam. What I mean is this. I work construction, as I told you, in Southern California for two decades. Um, even on federal Superfund sites, every job site I worked on had undocumented workers with fake papers, and the foreman knew it. And they even had, like, kind of a pipeline where they bring the guys, you know, they had connections, you know, to get workers. Mostly they were laborers. They didn't operate the heavy equipment, you know, that was left to the U.S. citizens, let's say, who had the experience. So what I'm trying to say is 
the American workers, I'm sorry, the American companies, in order, in other words, in order to have a company that's legit, that was American owned. Do you see what I'm saying? And those guys knew they had guys on the staff who had their connections, you know, Mexican speaking to have the guys come up. Some of these guys would drive up. I'd say to them, how many hours are we on the road today? Like three hours. And they take turns driving, you know, to come through the border. They were good, hard workers. And, you know, the, the point I'm trying to make is that the reason they did that, they, for example, there's something called prevailing wage. Prevailing wage is if you're on a job that's non-union, but the wage is equal to the union wage, right? The prevailing wage for heavy equipment operator at the time in Southern Cal, let's say, let's pick a year, um, 2009, was around $33 an hour. When they would transfer me to work up north, um, it was 53 so what that did was knock down the prevailing wage significantly. But the American companies loved it. Same company, you know, depending on where they worked in California, it'd be $20 an hour different. Right. right. So um, that's how they profiteer off the working class. In other words... There's a reason why our immigration system is the way it is, because it's these American companies that benefit from it. Take a look at, say, the poultry industry, where they uh, remember a couple of years ago, they ice busted a couple of poultry plants for having undocumented workers. Um, where was that? I'm trying to remember what state that was. I can't. I'd be shooting in the dark if it was Alabama or wherever. But... Um, None of those people in the poultry uh, management, ICE didn't take them in, yet there were a bunch of workers they took in. Why did they go after those two plants? Because the workers were trying to get together and have a little worker solidarity and demand some some better working conditions. Mm-hmm. Well, they didn't want that. Of course, they knew the, their workers were undocumented. Like, he, look at, I used to say to these guys, I say, how do you get your fake papers? You know, oh, we have ways. I said, the, 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 these people you work for, they, they know it. And once they knew they worked with me and I wasn't trying to break them off on them and turn them in, because I saw the bigger picture. You know what I mean? It wasn't, wasn't their doing. It was the whole system. Now, take that, when I was in Connecticut, where I grew up, I come back here and I was staying at extended stay for an extended stay up to three and a half years. I was, I told you I was getting brain MRIs at Sloan and I couldn't get a room anywhere because people are like, why aren't you working? And I'm like, well, I'm disabled right now and I'm getting a brain MRI. So, you know, imagine if you were renting a room through Craig's, Craigslist, you might right. say, hey, right. you're a nice guy, but I got to pay that friggin' mortgage. What if you come come in, you know, so, you know, it was, it was untenable. Plus my uncle had died from this tumor, so we didn't know where it was going to go. So thank God it's in remission, knock on wood, knock on my head. The point I'm trying to make is that, that, um, there was a company working out of there called Fields Mm -hmm. and they had won the um, contract for this in the area at the time to redo the stadiums in the area when, uh, what year is this now? 2013 to 2016, I was there. And I would say towards the end of it, 
a little fuzzy, maybe around 2015, this company fields were there. And I go down and have breakfast in the morning. And my clock was still the same where I'd get up at 4, 430, because that's when I used to get up to get ready to go to work. And, you know, you kind of get in a pattern. So I go downstairs around 5 a.m., 530. And there's a continental breakfast. That's all they had at extended stay. And I'm sitting and talking and some other people who were there long term like me for various reasons, you know, a bunch of old timers and we're, we're joking around and talking to some of the workers that are coming in. Every one of the workers coming in spoke Spanish and they're speaking Spanish and I'm picking up on some of it because I worked you know, in Southern Cal, and I had to learn a little bit to work with these guys. And so, and then I'm in there on a Sunday, and they're, they're in there packing their little lunch bag, and they got taking some, you know, the breakfast bars or whatever, you know, which we would do, and, uh, and getting ready to go. And it was early. So I said to one of these guys, I, I said, oh, mucho trabajo, like a lot of work, you know. I said, mucho trabajo, Dominguez, Dominguez is Sunday. Si, si. I said, cuantas horas, you know, how many, how, a día, how many hours a day are you going to work today? Like 10, he says to me. I'm like, damn. I said, um, now, try, I can't remember the Spanish I used at the time. It's been so long. I was trying to ask him, um, how, how much, mucho, um, what's the cuantas dinero you get, uh, paid per, per hora? My Spanish was Spanglish, you know, a little English mixed in if I didn't know the Spanish word, you know. You know, so, so, so what are you getting paid? You know, are you getting what I was, the series of questions I asked was, how many hours of work you're working? Work, how many hours a week are you working? How many hours a day? And they were working 10 hours a day, sometimes longer, and they were working seven days a week. And so I was trying to ask, did you, were you getting paid over 40 hours, time and a half? And he said, no. I said, how about when you go over 60, you're getting double time? He says, no. So what happens is, you see, what they did was they bid the contract low to get the contract. Right. Do you understand? Right. And then they bring these guys in, and they work them extended hours, and they don't compensate them properly. There's another company that came up one time, and they were staying, and they were working on the railroads, maintaining the railroads, and they were from, like, North Carolina, and they were mostly – Black, Afro-American, Native Americans. When I'm, when am I trying to say Native? I mean, not Native Americans. They were black. They, they, they were citizens. That's the word I'm looking for. It's early. I wake up. It's through. What time is it? Like 3.30 here in the morning. Mother Nature called me again, Mike. That's, and I put on the phone for some reason. Oh, Mike's talking. That's the only time you'd listen to my show when Mother Nature called. That's pretty much, I have to tell you, it's Mother Nature. So, you know, it's earlier, Mike. I'm usually asleep. So anyway, and so, um, so this company is there and they work on the railroad and, and, you know, guys who grew up in the States, black guys. And I'm talking to this one guy and, and I used to on Saturdays of the day he wasn't working on Sunday. If you need to go to the supermarket, I'd say, come on, let's take a ride. I'll, I'll drive you. Or if you want to take a ride, I'll show you Bridgeport or something. Just don't go down to Seaside Park, you know, just, you know, made a friend. So he's saying to me, um, I asked him the same kind of questions. You know how many hours? Same thing. They weren't they weren't getting double time when they were working over sixty, and and I said, well, that's illegal. 
He goes, I know. He goes, but if I complain, he goes, I'm going to get fired. I said, damn. I said, that's messed up. So again, they got the contract to work on the railroads to bring them up from North Carolina. Not a lo- in other words, there weren't local companies getting these jobs. These companies were from out of the area, but they win the contract because they low bid and then they don't pay properly. You know what I mean? Right. And so apparently at one point he, he and a couple of the other guys on the crew, you know, made a statement and he told me, um, his foreman told him to sit down, you know, he could take a break. Supervisor comes along and says, what are you doing sitting down? You're fired. Wow, really? Yeah. Oh, so just, this just, is... Just the sitting down and taking a little break? Well, apparently the supervisor felt he was sitting down on the job. He should have been doing... But he was... His foreman had given him the green light. But that was a setup because he was complaining. And this happened to me when I was on the job in Southern Cal. I'd be standing around going, this is BS because a lot of times he's... Okay. You get a break every four hours, but some companies they'll ask you in the morning meeting, listen, if we work through our break, everybody okay with us working through our breaks and we'll give you a longer lunch, you know, rather than take a break in the morning and break in the afternoon. And if the crew went along with it, that's the way we do it. If you had to, we, we make a lot of money off these people. There's no doubt about it. We you know, it's cheap yeah. labor. I, I remember my family used to own uh, Italian restaurants in Brooklyn. Oh, okay. And, no and, and the people working the kitchen were Mexican, not not the not the head chef, but even the people mm. who washed the dishes and cleaned up the right. restaurant after they were dishwashers and all that. Sometimes they would make salads and desserts. They were all mm. Mexican. But let me tell you, and once again, this is not against people who want to work hard. Mm-hmm. It's not against people who want to just work hard. Some of these people actually work really hard, save money, and open their own business, open their own restaurant. Mm-hmm. restaurant. But the fact of the matter is, they would work really hard. I mean, they work yeah. hard. Than most oh, Americans. absolutely. But they, they would, they would, most Americans are lazy compared to them. But there's a different, everything is changing, Bill. When you, when you go back to the 20s and 30s, you talk about the Irish and the, 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 um, the, the Italian immigrants. They came here and they worked hard. They worked mm-hmm. their asses off. They built businesses. They built the country. Then you have Mexicans who, immigrants who came here and they worked hard. And we're getting a whole subset now. Of people who would just first of all, you should do it legally, regardless. Okay, but secondly, we're getting a whole subset of people who are not coming here, even if it's illegally. They're not coming here to work hard. They're not. They're not coming here to work hard. They're coming here to live off our land, because we're what was this administration is so welcoming now. It's like just come in, yeah, we want you. Come in, three million, four million. Don't worry about it. So they're coming here. Not only are they coming here just to live off the land, to stay in five-star hotels, and then you've heard about what's going on in New York, right? And then complaining and throwing the food out because it's not their local cuisine. And, and, and also on top of that, all this drug dealing, the fentanyl that we didn't have to worry about in the past has become so prominent now. So the cartels are coming in here now, right? And they're, and they're, and they're sending people here with drugs to distribute them to make money. Um, a drug dealers to spread fentanyl around the country, and it's it's happening. It's not like this is not like an idea. It's not like just a, a, a vague idea. This is actually happening. The fentanyl is coming to this country via these cartels, backed by the Chinese, and it is all part of the system that's killing Americans. Man, it's killing oh, Americans. I'm not denying that's happening. I would suggest that of whatever the number of immigrants are here now, and I don't know. I'm picking a number up for some reason. 13 millions is a number I've read in the past, but I don't know if that's accurate today. The, the vast majority of those are working 
uh, in especially uh, in Central Valley, uh, California, in the farm fields, uh, doing the picking and whatnot. The, all I'm trying to say, I understand this happens with the drugs and the trade of arms and all these other things, but it's a, there's a reason the system is the way it is. The the you know there was a time you've probably heard about in L.A. People would tell you, oh yeah, well the wasn't it a story that broke? Help me remember that even the FBI, they were involved in the drug trade in the streets of LA, knowing it was happening. There's a, there is a bizarre system we have that seems to want to break down our social culture, like controlled demolition. Yeah. And I, and the authorities know about it and they're told, to look the other way on certain things. There's a lot of money involved in like, um, take for example, the opiate trade and, uh, e- even um, the illegal prescription, um, uh, writing for painkillers. And then the, so the opiates growing opiates in Afghanistan, I know I'm off topic, but the point I'm trying to make is American companies are profiteering off of the sell, sale of illegal arms, illegal drugs, um, uh, keeping the wages low uh, so they can maximize profit. There's reasons our system is so screwed up. It's not like the people in charge don't know how to fix it or that there isn't a way to do it. You know what I mean? That's yeah. all I'm trying to say. So, yeah. I understand. Yeah. I understand. Well, absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's just, once again, we have a system, though, that needs... Uh, overhauling it needs it needs uh, to be changed it really it's unbelievable to, yeah this isn't that needs to be over once again it's not that people have come here legally they mm-hmm. come here legally they've gone through the process it's possible it happened that's why we have so many immigrants here living here mm-hmm. Citizens mm-hmm. now because they went through the process and they got it done so oh, yes. do things in a way not to do things and you only have to assume that if someone's doing something illegally they, they're trying to hide something that they're part mm-hmm. of illegal business you see well, like I said, I, I can assure you that even when I was working on the federal Superfund sites, there were guys who, uh, uh, for an American company that, that won the contract, same system. There were guys who were coming across the border every day, driving hours, like I said, and I, they're working on the crew with me, so I, I, I get to know them, and I'm, they speak good English, but I'm like, and I used to break their stones saying, you know, um, where do you get your papers? Oh, we can't tell you that. I'm like, how do you, I said, but you know, talking, getting to know them, the guys who work in the company who were paying them knew they had fake papers. It's not like they didn't know. It's like a it, it acknowledged I system. I know. Yes. And so, um, this, this is, well, I mean, let's be honest. This is through, this is bipartisan. It happens to most. We export our manufacturing. We import cheap labor. Do you know what I mean? It's like the double whammy for, 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 for America. And it, it, it's a cultural thing because it makes a lot of money for, for people that they're in their unscrupulous in positions of power through multiple administrations. I mean, yeah. but if we've got to be honest, if we're not honest, then someone comes in with a, a populist message, administration after administration saying they're going to fix this, fix that, pick, pick a problem. And then uh, in the end of the day, it doesn't change. Yep. You know what I mean? Just, 
Yep. So that's all, Mike. I'm just trying to be objective. The other last thing I want to say is, you know, Aaron Monte's father, Gabra Monte, I'm starting to listen to him, the myth of norm, normal. Mm-hmm. And he talks about how there's other v- videos he makes people can find on YouTube about how sick our culture is and how adapting to it is a form of a sickness. <laughs> it's so warped, the whole system, but also that childhood trauma. He said, childhood trauma often leads almost always to addictions. You know, addictions are trying to cover up a deeper pain. So, you know, I went through a lot as a kid. I don't need to get into it, but the worst kind of trauma, just let's put it that way. And, and what I'm trying to say is, uh, a lot of people you see on the street were kids that were runaways from home because of that kind of trauma. And then they are desperate and they get caught up in a system, you know, of work of the streets, whether it's prostitution, petty theft, et cetera, et cetera. Then they, as they're escaping using different forms of drugs. They can well, get their hands on. If you're an American citizen and you're one of those people, what do you think, what, what do you think goes through their mind when they see illegal Mexican immigrants, Mexican citizens, citizens of another country, Guatemala, whoever it may be, Honduras, I don't know, coming here and getting all this free stuff and being put up in five-star hotels. How would you feel if you were homeless for 20 years and you saw someone come in here and they ship them to New York City and in New York City they put them in the in the, in the the Hilton Hotel, the Row Hotel, wherever they put them, very nice hotel. Used to be the, do you remember the, um, the Row Hotel, by the way, where they put all these immigrants, illegal immigrants, is, is, is in the heart of Broadway. It's like in the heart of Times Square. It's right in the theater district where, where you know, tourists pay 300 a night to stay. And it used to be the um, uh, the Milf- remember the Milford Plaza, the Hip and Valley, who the lullaby of Broadway. You're pretty good. The center of it all <laughs> is the Milford Plaza. Well, that was renovated, kinda, and made into mm-hmm. the Row R O W Hotel, the Row, like Broadway Row, and uh, yeah, um, and so um, the Restaurant Row, and so that's where it is. It's a great hotel in a great location. They didn't put them in some flea bag hotel. And the homeless don't even get that much. So what would you think if you saw this happening? And not just that, then they're getting sandwiches, turkey sandwiches, salami sandwiches, and they're throwing them out because it's not Mexican cuisine. It's not mole. So what would you think about that? Well, two things. One, I would suggest the the reason they're probably in those hotels now where they weren't in those, that, let's face it, in emergency housing situations, that's – I. On the third floor extended stay, you know, that's where they would put the people who they were trying to place in housing but needed temporary housing. You know what I mean? Um, not often, but there was a few. And um, so using hotels for that has been done for a long time because there's a lack of uh, housing. Uh, that's There's always a shortage for housing for the disabled even. Like I'm on a waiting list that says I'm, I'm, I've applied, for example, for disability housing even, and they'll let me know yearly as I get near the top of the list for more deeper dive into my financials, whatever, background check. Wow, yearly. They'll let me know yearly when I get near the top of the list. There's not enough units. And so you have people on, let me just jump to this and I'll jump right back. You have people on the streets today who have Section 8 housing vouchers and 
are on SSDI or eligible, but there aren't the units here in Bridgeport. So there aren't, they were a couple months ago. There was an article in the Connecticut Post. They're living under the 95 overpass on the east side in a tent village. I mean, this is outrageous. So what you're getting back, what happened, what I'm trying to say is a lot of those hotels, those expensive hotels have vacancies now because the economy, because of the COVID yeah. scare, the yeah, pandemic. New York City has been coming back though. I mean, no, What's a hotel, that? a hotel on, on in the center of Broadway in in this in twenty twenty three is doing fine. I mean, no, I mean, look, look, Bill, I, I just look. I, I was thinking of taking a little weekend trip to uh, L A. Hmm. Hotels are back to where they were pre. Oh, aren't they really? Three hundred, four hundred a night in March. It's I didn't coming. know that. Yeah, so it's all coming back, Bill. And but look, no, the hotels make out. Like the Royal Hotel makes out because it's guaranteed money from the government. Right, they right, getting, right. Like, they were getting like a million. They're getting like a million dollars a day. Whoa. A million dollars a day from the city of New York, right? A million dollars a day, Bill. Okay? So the hotels make out because they don't got to worry about tourists filling it up. It's a million bucks a day, easy cash. Mm -hmm. Right? You know, and so they've been making a lot of money off of this stuff. But the fact that it's not fair to our citizens. I agree. I'm not. not... The taxpayers. It comes from the taxpayers. I'm not. I want you to know, obviously, I'm not. I'm not for the system. I'm just trying to break it down and look at why I didn't realize that things are bouncing back. But, but you know, it, it, there you go. It's follow the money. It's always follow the money in any crime. Bill, I'm, I'm going to wrap the show up. Thanks for calling. I appreciate it. Yeah, okay, Mike. Good right. talking to you. Okay. Thanks. Always. Yeah, thanks. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, it, it just, uh, I guess, in conclusion, in conclusion, we'll talk more about uh, the January 6th stuff. That's going to be obviously without a doubt, the dominating story of the week. Uh, and more is going to uh, more is going to come out about this. And also about the two Americans who I just talk, spoke about who were killed in a Mexico cartel kidnapping. So it's going to be a big week, a big week, a lot of fun. And by the way, Bill, just on a side note, as the end of the show, continental breakfast isn't real breakfast. I'll just leave it at that. All right. The name of the show is Unless Be Heard. It airs weeknights, 11 p.m. Pacific. 2 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday night through Friday night. So I'll see you right back here tomorrow night. But until then, until then, once again, this is Mike Kachapoli reminding you that your influence counts. Use it.